What's up, crew? Welcome to another episode of the Clover Tack Podcast. It is March the 9th, 2022. We've got uh, Charlie with Riding Shotgun with Charlie on deck. Going to bring him on in just a few minutes. Before we do that, uh, just a notice. This will be the last podcast for a couple of weeks or so. Next week, I've got to start getting ready to head out Monday for Shooting Sports Showcase, then The Gathering. So I've uh, got all of that going on and podcasts are scheduled to resume, I think the last week of March, but they'll be posted on the YouTube homepage. So check that out. You can see everything that's uh, on the schedule there. If you're joining us in replay, welcome. And remember that if you uh, are able to join live, well, there's a few cool things you get to do, like ask questions out there in the live chat. So always fun to participate live as well and thanks for those that are starting to jump in live make sure you uh, say hey uh, point of order too before we continue big shout out and thanks to those that are youtube channel members patreon patrons um, those that super chat super thanks and shop over at clovertack.com slash shop that is a huge help especially at nearly four dollar a gallon gas now and about an 1,800-mile round trip next week. So, um, yeah, that uh, certainly helps. Doesn't cover everything, but it helps. So, uh, always appreciative of that. With uh, all that out of the way, let's uh, let's bring it. Charlie, what's up, bro? What is happening? Great to see you. Dude, I got to tell you, $4 gas, I'm a little envious. Uh, well, I don't know what it is. The further I'm going to be heading east, we'll see. Um, yeah. Totally. It's 370-ish here. Um, now, the good thing is the south tends to be, till you get down maybe to Florida, uh, but the south tends to be the fairly low end of the price spectrum. So I don't expect it to be much more than $4 a gallon, but we'll see. Thankfully, the car gets about 36 38 a gallon, so nice. that, helps, that helps a little bit. It does. My, uh, I got, I put some gas in my car today, and I found the the most tactically frugal place I could find, and it was four twenty seven. Uh, yeah. Tough. So, man, you are not kidding. Now I've got to leave my truck for my wife to drive next week, and it's gonna hurt it's... tomorrow. I've got to, I've got to get registration and inspection done. Uh, on it and then fill it up go ahead and get it filled up and that thing has a 30 gallon tank so that's gonna be that's gonna be fun filling it well, up tomorrow you know when you come home it is gonna be empty right i'm sure but that's okay it's pretty much <laughs> empty now so right not a uh, not a big deal not a big deal but all right you know, what, do you, what do you do though right i mean uh you know what you buck up uh you, you complain uh, you you moan, you groan about it, you share all the funny memes about uh, gas prices, and then you still have to pay. Yeah, like you still yeah. have to go places. You you still have to go to work. You still have to get to places. You still have to get things done. Yeah, and it's it's uh, I, I've I've talked to a couple of friends. They're like, oh, let's not get together because I don't want to drive. Seriously, you don't want to drive? I hear you. I get you. I hear you. <laughs> yeah. But you, you got to yeah. live life, man. It's it's real, and I mean it's 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 crazy that it's this way in an election year, 
Uh, mm. If it was a presidential election year, I don't, I don't know that we would be seeing what we're seeing now. But it being midterm, you know. Right, and I, you know, I did see someone say that the uh, the next presidential election is not for three more years. So until then, nothing's going to change except that the price goes up. Um. Yeah. Probably. I mean, hopefully it'll it'll even out and, and normalize, I guess, eventually. But, um, yeah, that's not why we're here. We're here to talk about you. So for uh, for those that don't know, Charlie, throw your elevator speech out there for everybody real quick, Charlie. All right. Well, I, I host a show called Riding Shotgun with Charlie, and I interview people in the gun community as we drive around the country, and I take the stagecoach across America. Um, I put my videos out on uh, on YouTube and, and Gunstream or on Full30 and on the OpsLens app, and I, I put the show out as a podcast as well. But I, I talk to people like Masada Yub and Alan Gottlieb and Hickok45 and CloverTac and all the uh, all the cool movers and shakers in the gun community. I get them in the car. We drive around. We talk about whatever it is that they do and uh, have a great time with it. And for uh, those that are curious, I do have the uh, link to... Uh, riding shotgun, well, riding shotgun with Charlie YouTube channel. There you go. I said it down in the description. Wherever you're watching, listening, whatever. Remember, if you're out there live and you have questions for Charlie, uh, throw them in, and uh, let's get with it. So, um, yeah, shot show 2022, worst shot show ever. The last shot show ever, I hear. Right? Real? Uh, I didn't hear that. I I don't you know I I will say that I um I've only been to shot three times I went in 2017, 2020, and 2022. Uh, that's the only times I've been. There were less people. Um, I did like the uh, like the God I forget who it was like Ruger had like the Ruger lounge area and. Uh, Beretta, I want to say it was Beretta that had the media area, and that was in the middle of the floor, which I thought was really cool. So it was nice, nice to have these these open spaces where you could go and hang out and sit and chill and take a breath and take a load off and take take a break. Right. Um, it I, there were definitely less people. There's certainly less exhibitors, uh, exhibitors and uh, and whatnot. But I I still had a great time, and and you know we get to we get to see all of our our pro two A friends from around the country and. And hopefully get to do some business while we're there as well. So I th I thought it was uh, I thought it was good. I was all right with it. And so what were and that's a joke. That's just a run of joke we've all used because anybody that was at Shot Show this year certainly was not the worst Shot Show ever. Um, and most people I know um, got quite a bit accomplished. So what did Charlie get accomplished yeah. at Shot so 2022? My um. My objective was to to connect with with folks that would be interested in helping me get the stagecoach across America, and uh, the the good thing is I think I did make some some good contacts. The bad thing is I wasn't prepared when they said, "Okay, well, what are you looking for?" So I freaked out a little bit, and <laughs> so I wasn't wasn't prepared for a uh, you know wasn't prepared for okay, let's uh, let's do this. But I wanted to uh, connect with some people and get some sponsors. I've got. Um, I've got people all over the country now that want to be on the show. And last year, I uh, I think since last year, I think I filmed shows in probably 14 states, which uh, which is pretty cool. 
And I want to try to get more on uh, more west of the Mississippi. I've got five shows that I haven't, uh, five states I haven't done shows in, east of the Mississippi and 15 states west of the Mississippi. So I'm uh, hoping to get more more west this year. Now you uh, you've got an opportunity coming up. What is it in May? I guess we've got NRA in Houston. Is that something that's on your schedule? That is, uh, it's on the sketch. It's not in ink yet. I haven't booked a flight. I haven't booked a room. Um, I am tactically frugal, so I like to try to find uh, find someone up that I can um, that I can uh, split the split a room with. But mm-hmm. uh, I haven't made plans yet. I do um, I do have some folks that I want to interview down there. I know uh, Santi TV. Um, she wants to be on the show. She's reached out. She's like, hey, when you're in Houston, let me know. I want to be on the show. Uh, and I, I'm sure I can, I can grab a couple of other people as well. Uh, the other thing that I am looking at doing this year is uh, I'm planning on going to gun prom. And that is with the uh, the San Diego County Gun Owners and Gun Owners Radio. And that's going to be in the middle of June. And John, John Petrolino, from, uh, he wrote a book called Decoding Firearms. He writes for Bearing Arms. He writes for Ammoland, for JM4 Tactical. And he writes for... Uh, Braden Langley's new um, new media outlet. I'm, I'm I can't remember what it's called, but um, but he writes for Braden Langley as well. And uh, he called me up and he's like, "Dude, the only thing second related, a uh, Second Amendment related that he can make it to this year is gun prom." So I'm like, well, "Let's let's do it, man. Let's go." So we're he's doing a family vacation. I'm trying to do a working vacation, and uh, we're gonna hit gun prom in the middle of June. Well, that sounds kind of neat. What is the uh, what is that all about? Um, it's it's about a hundred bucks, is what it is. <laughs> uh, it is uh, the San Diego County Gun Owners. It is their big fundraising event, and everybody goes and gets done up in suits and nice dresses. And I'm sure they do some raffles and some giveaways. And it, it really looks like a, a swanky affair. They've uh, I don't know how many times they've done this before, but yeah, it's literally a problem. Literally like a you problem. go get dressed yeah. up, yeah. Yeah, so wow. it should uh, should be an interesting time. Uh, so I, I I told John we should really make it into a thing like the um, the guys at Gun Owners Radio in San Diego County Gun Owners, uh, they've got a relationship with the guys at the Glock Store. So we this is this is all breaking news because I've only told John that we should do this and we haven't done anything to do it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm like we need to do a book signing for him at the Glock Store, and. Um, we're going to try to uh, try to obviously try to film some shows. We'll have the guys from uh, Michael Schwartz from Gun Owners Radio and Joe Dramisi as well. We'll try to get him on the show and see who else we can film in the San Diego area. Right. Uh, our good buddy Rod with uh, Aegis Gun Care out there says Idaho. Question. Mark. Idaho. I've I've never been to Idaho at all. Oh. Um, if I if I'm dude, I am I'm I'm in for for going anywhere. I one of the guys, uh, some of the folks I talked to at Shot Show were from Utah. And they have an event called Shootaw, which is, uh, I think it's like the third weekend in May. And I said, hey, uh, you know, I, if I could go out for that, that would be totally cool. Right. Yeah, so, no kidding. Yeah, I, I don't, I honestly don't think I know anyone. Uh, I don't think I know any gun folks in Utah, Idaho. So uh, so we might have to uh, might have to hook up with the GS and uh, see what we can do. Now, with... Um... Yeah, you know, with going and doing the traveling and, and doing the shows, do you find it easier, I'm assuming it is, to go someplace that revolves around an event, more fish in the barrel, so to speak, that way? 
Oh my gosh. So last year was really, really an amazing year for, for the stagecoach. I went to the Florida carry event. Um, I went to go play the star spangled banner on trumpet to, to kick the whole event off. <laughs> and, and then I filmed, I filmed five shows in Florida. I had four shows that I needed to edit. So I came out of Florida with, uh, with a total of nine shows that I needed to edit. And then I was home for maybe 36 hours and I flew out to Seattle and I filmed five more shows in Seattle. So wow. I went from, yeah, I went from having four shows to having 14 shows and filmed them in Florida and in Washington state in, in a week. So I was, you know, I, I sat there and I'm like, man, I either have seven months of material and I don't have to do anything for the rest of the year uh, because I put out shows every other week or right. I've got three and a half months worth of material. So from uh, from the end of March last year until the end of October, I cranked out a show every week, which, nice. uh, yeah, editing videos, it's a timely process. Um, so I did those two, uh, those two trips. Um, I went to a, a MAG-40 class in Sioux Falls with some of the, the Polite Society people, uh, the Polite Society podcast folks. And I filmed, uh, I filmed a show in Davenport, Iowa on the way out. I filmed three shows in Sioux Falls. I filmed a show in uh, Norfolk, 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 Nebraska with John Anderson. And then I filmed a show with Anna Taylor from Dean Adams in Kansas City. Then I came home. And then the following week, about a week and a half later, I was in Ohio doing a uh, Faster Saves Lives class. And I filmed two shows while I was out there. So any my deal for the last two years is anytime I've had to go somewhere for something and it doesn't matter. Um, I had to clean out my mother's house. I had some family stuff going on in the Midwest and I would film a show on the way out or on the way back. Um, I drove my daughter to visit a college last year and I filmed a show in, in with Hickok 45 in Nashville. I took my daughter to college in, in August and I filmed a show with John Hickok. So anytime I've gone someplace in the last two years, I'm, I'm bringing the cameras and filming a show. Yeah, multitasking that that helps a lot. Oh, it really does. Uh, Ghost out there says uh, if you still you still need to get to Arkansas, says he can hook you up. I with some, I uh, do great. Yeah, people. I I actually had someone uh, connect me with uh, the DC Project gal down in Arkansas too. So I uh, nice. I need to get to Arkansas, man. And then uh, Wes out there, and this is coming up, actually, the first uh, weekend of April. It says come to Tulsa for the Wanamaker show. Uh, and in the interview, uh, someone from one of the firearm clubs there, uh, they've been going to the show for decades. So, you know, interesting um, thing there. I mean, yeah, you've got NRA, obviously, the end of May. But yep. you've also got, uh, and Santee will actually be uh, going to the Wanamaker Tulsa Arms show. So, oh, cool. that could be a potential meet meet up place to add to your people. your list as yeah. well yeah that's the largest gun show in the world um a lot of people make that show um mm. and there could be I, even some lower key people there like wes is talking about some of the oklahoma state level people and things like that could be kind of yeah that, that would be cool i know I, I honestly never heard about this until you you mentioned it before okay. and um you said they do they do two of them a year don't they yes uh april yeah. and november every year yeah, cough, November. cough, cough aside, of course. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah, 21 yeah, was a slow year. Or 20. Sure. 2020? 2020 was a slow year. 2020. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 2020 was a freaking year. out. Yeah. 2021, we're all sick of this crap. 
yeah, 2021, both shows happened. Uh, and right now we're on, uh, we're on pace. Uh, in fact, I talked to the, uh, the lady, uh, Carrie Wanamaker is her name. Joe Wanamaker is her dad who actually started it back in the day and, uh, talked to her actually yesterday morning to shore up, make sure we had media passes for the groups that were going and that sort of thing. Um, and normally they give us a table and she says, I'm sorry, but we just don't have any extra tables. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Wow. That's great. That's wonderful. Uh, yeah, considering there's between four and a half and 5,000 tables at that gun show. Man. Um, yeah. It's, that uh, is, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. I'm like, that's good. That's what we want to see. We could, we can huddle in a corner. We'll figure it out. You know, cause <laughs> I, I tell them that every single time they're like, Oh yeah, we got your passes ready and here's your table number. And I'm like, now, are you sure about the table? Cause we don't just, we don't, it's nice, but we don't have to, we don't want to take money away from the show oh sure you sell yeah. if you can sell that table sell that table and so uh, let's go around it looks like they've sold them but uh no that could be a cool thing to maybe run um you could come out you can enjoy the show on uh you know one or the other days you know a saturday mm -hmm. or the sunday and then uh maybe run interviews and do things on the next my uh my thought around that when you were talking about going to when you were talking about going to Houston for for NRA, so and also with Rod out there and his comment of maybe making it up to Idaho. So if there's somebody out there listening, whether they have a gun shop, a, a business, a, a, a print shop, or they sell whatnot, some uh, Shopify or whatever the case may be, and they say, "Hey, I want to I want to sponsor the Stagecoach." Um, what is required, not monetarily, but as far right. as to facilitate getting you out to a state or a location and getting things done, what all uh, things have to be. Covered? What do they have to do? So it's uh, so far everything has been self-funded. Um, but what I what I try to do is uh, if I go someplace, if I'm you know going to to GRPC or AMCON or something, um, I like to try to get three or four, if five shows, if possible, um, which really makes things a lot easier as far as. Um, uh, as far as making it, I don't want it worth my while, and I, I don't want to, whatever, sound like I'm pompous or anything. But if uh, you know, especially for something like that, if I can, if I can get a number of shows, that would be really cool. Um, I I hate to, uh, you know, I hate to pull the curtain behind everything, but one of the things that I try to do is I try not to put shows out that are from the same area or from the same thing. Um, in a row. And I, I wasn't doing that a couple years ago, but I, I started doing this last year when I had 14 shows to edit. Um, I would do a show from Florida and then a show from Pennsylvania. And then I would put out a right. show from Washington and then I would put one out from Tennessee and then I would put one out from Florida and then I would put one from Washington. So it, it constantly looked like I was traveling all over the place. And then my travel agent had no idea how to, uh, you know, how to book anything. So, right. so um, that was, uh, I mean, if somebody wants to, to, you know, help, help with something, man. If they can, you know, get out there and, and film a couple shows like the, so you need a, you need a flight, obviously. You need a, yeah. Need a flight, need a, um, um you need a ride, need a place, which need a place to stay and need a, need a vehicle. So you, are you opening to, are you open to the idea of a borrowed vehicle as opposed to a rental? Oh, absolutely. The, um, the first vehicle I ended up borrowing was one from Yehuda Reamer. And uh, it was the first year, the second year I spoke at Gun Rights Policy Conference was in Dallas. So I said, hey, listen, I need to borrow a car. 
And so I talked him into doing it. His wife made some cookies. So we got to give the passengers <laughs> cookies. Um, I filmed the show with, with Yehuda. And then he just hung out and he's like, Charlie took my car. I don't know when he's coming back. <laughs> right. And yeah. And I filmed, I think I filmed five shows that weekend, four or five shows. Uh, and I did it all on Sunday afternoon. So when gun rights policy conference ends at about one o'clock on Sunday afternoon, that is when I, um, that's when I try to set things up. If I don't have anything done beforehand, um, I try to set someone up at, you know, two o'clock or one thirty o'clock and then set someone up at two thirty and set someone up at three thirty and just kind of, kind of knock them out in a row. Um, right. which, which uh, you have the, sh the shortest episode <laughs> of writing shotgun still, um, I still hold that record. You still hold the record, man. We, um, nice. I was, I filmed a show with someone that morning and I was dropping them off and you came over and, and waved in front of the dash cam. So I'm like, all right, you know, he wants to play games. Let's get in the car. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. That was fun. So man. that was fun. That was a lot of fun. It was a nice, um, uh, break in the monotony of GRPC, but that was going into I was going into Sunday morning, wasn't it? It was a Sunday morning. Yeah, I had yeah. I had someone. Uh, I I forget who it was. Um, I think I filmed that GRPC. I want to I want to say I filmed ten shows when I was out wow. there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nine nine or ten shows, and then uh, I had someone Sunday morning, and uh, and then I went back. I had to speak later, so I was like, oh, I don't want to do too much on Sunday morning. I want to stay focused on doing my speech. Right. Right. Now, as far as uh, lodging, as far as accommodations as that goes, if you've got somebody in an area that has an extra bedroom, are you are you snobby so, when it comes to your <laughs> lodging needs, Charlie? Uh, no, I am, again, being tactically frugal. I, um, I did a, a tour in the South in 2020. I, I filmed two shows in Nashville. I uh, filmed one in Birmingham and then uh, a couple shows in, in Atlanta or outside of Atlanta. Uh, I stayed at the, the Motel 6. Um, oh. as, yeah, as far as staying with other people or staying at someone's house, the uh, when I filmed a show in Norfolk, Nebraska, I, I drove from Sioux Falls down to Nebraska. And I, I, filmed, um, I filmed a show with John Anderson from the Sand Hills Media. And then we went out to eat and I stayed at his house and I got up the crack of dawn the next day and i drove down to kansas city and filmed a show with um uh, anna taylor from dean adams and then okay. um filmed the show with her and just kept on driving right so i um yeah i don't have a problem crashing in someone's house so that, cool. <laughs> here's the bad thing though <laughs> uh the bad thing is this john petrolino uh he's a great guy he, he really is he um he he was on me about hey man you should have to do this person had this person on the show uh anyway so it got to the point where he says listen when you're coming down to new jersey and i i really didn't know much about john um he he works uh he works for a month he's home for a month and he's not home for a month when he works and then he's home for a month he's not home so he says hey listen when you when are you going to be in new jersey i'm like I, I don't know when i can be down there and and he's like well i'm home this month and i want to be on the show and i'm like okay, let's, let's do it. And then I'm like, who else can I get in New Jersey? And, uh, he's like, look, dude, you, you, you can totally stay with me. We've got an extra bedroom. And this was in, uh, December, December of 2020. And I think, I think every time, it, I, I think every time he's home from work for a month, I think I've been down there. Like right. I, I went down a couple weeks ago. Uh, I went down in February and filmed a show in Maryland and in Philadelphia. I went down in December and filmed a show in DC. Uh, I went down in September and I filmed two or three shows in New Jersey. So it's, um, I, I, I went down over the summer and uh, filmed a couple of shows in New Jersey. So, um, 
I, I don't have a problem staying at someone's house. If they can, if they want to deal with me, then I, I'm, I'm more than welcome it. I'm pleasant. Well, I take a shower. I clean up after myself. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the reason, the reason I brought that up is, you know, it, uh, it's always seemed like, I didn't know that for sure, but it's always seemed like, you know, you kind of operate the same way that I do. I mean, it is entirely possible. I spend three nights next week in a big army tent in South Carolina. Uh, and yeah. I don't care if it doesn't cost me any money. Um, I'm not opposed to sleeping in the vehicle, whatever, you know, needs to be done. But um, that's good, too, because that's even more incentive for, you know, some of the businesses out there or whatever. Um, you know, if they've got, you know, a company car they can loan you or even a personal sure. vehicle, right? If they've got an extra bedroom, then you know, the cost of them sponsoring a, a, an area or something like that with your show yeah. literally comes down to a flight. Yeah, um, absolutely. Absolutely. And so for the companies that may be out there, um, what type of, what type of return, what's in it for them? What are some of the things you're thinking about that as far as your advertising spots, have you given any thought of, you know, how you would recognize the people that help the stagecoach? <laughs> Yeah, sure. So what I've uh, what I thought, and I've I've tried to put a little package together for for sponsorships at different levels, but start off real easy and uh, just give them a mention on the show and give them a link on uh, a link on the website and I'll put their logo on on my website and uh, put them uh, put them in the credits at the end of the show as well. And then if the, someone wanted to do you know the next level up, then uh, we could say, hey, listen, this uh, this show is sponsored by so and so, and put their logo on the show. Uh, at the beginning of the show and at the end of the show, and then obviously in the YouTube links, uh, in the YouTube links, and on the on the website and stuff, and uh, then the next level up would be the same sort of stuff, except we would make some uh, short short commercial for them and say, hey, listen, here's here's this person, uh, here's this company, here's this product, come check them out. Here's their website. Here's how you find them, and um, and then if somebody wanted to do the the top level, would just be a, a longer commercial of of the same sort of thing. And then, you right. know, the links and, and, all, and all that sort of stuff. So now, is there anything in there? I mean, if you've got companies that are sponsoring the stagecoach, that they've got to be, they've got to have some type of pro 2A leaning at the very least. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, so is there is there any room in there for rides with the CEO of the company or things of that nature? Oh, absolutely. So one of the things that I did when I went out to uh, Seattle last year is Derek LeBlanc from the Kids Safe Foundation mm -hmm. set me up with a gentleman. His name was uh, his name was uh, Brian Deal. And Brian Deal is uh, one of the one of the uh, top sales guys, I believe, uh, maybe VP of sales at Aero Precision. Oh, so nice. we went. Yeah. So we went and talked about his background and what he does. And then we went and, uh, and said, Hey, listen, tell us about Aero Precision. How did the, how did the company start? And, you know, right. gave us some history on that. So, uh, so that was kind of a, a cool thing. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to say we could turn it into an infomercial, but, um, right. you know, I, I mean, <laughs> right. That would be not necessarily something I'm really going for, but, right. uh, if somebody's got something coming out that they'd like to talk about, that would be cool. Or the history of the company would be cool. Um, when I interviewed Dean Adams, she talked about, uh, or Anna, Anna Taylor, uh, she talked about her story and how it led to her, um, her being a being a mother and needing to uh, need wanting to get into firearms and needing to be able to defend her and her kids and her taking her last two hundred dollars to to invest in some products to to make something you know make some garments for women, and 
I'm sure everybody knows that Dean Adams makes some great products for women. So she brought she brought a couple of the products and she she kind of showed them off in the show. So that would be you know that would be great if we could we could plug somebody and and you know new products that they might be having coming out. That would be right. awesome. Right. Um, yeah, I'm glad we I'm glad we kind of covered some of that because uh, Wes, who was out there in the chat earlier, does, he lives in the Tulsa area. Mm -hmm. uh, and I know a few other people that live in the Tulsa area. So having an extra bedroom might be a possibility there. Uh, cool. And we drive and we drive in. It's about a seven ish hour drive for us. So mm -hmm. you would have a vehicle if you decide oh my God, to make perfect. Tulsa. So, uh, yeah, I'm not sure what the flights cost, but Rod, with Aegis Gun Care out there, uh, if you and and sometimes this <laughs> to last, the Jedi mind trick. <laughs> well, as a matter of fact, Rod actually made um, he made the show. He uh, had some tables and was set up at the show. I think this last time back in November, I believe it was. I don't know if they're planning on making it uh, this go around in April or not. Um, so he'll already be at the show anyway. So mm. it's like we might can work with Rod if and figure some way of getting you down to Tulsa that way. Um, that would be awesome. And that'd be kind of neat. I mean, you'd have the experience of making, I don't guess you've made the largest gun show in the world, have you? I have not. I've only been to some local gun shows. And um, uh, out here, it seems like you've seen one. It's it's the same people. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. So you, uh, he's saying if you've seen one, you've seen them all. But um, this obviously... Yeah, exactly, exactly. In fact, this one will ruin you on every other gun show <laughs> you ever attend the rest of your life. Nice. Um, not in a not in a an not uberly in a bad way. negative right. way, but you'll walk into your local gun show from now on, any local gun show, and go. You'll you'll just chuckle under your breath, you know, like huh, oh, this, totally. This is this is this is a gun show. <laughs> like this is nothing. Uh, yeah, yeah, Rod out there says no, not this time. They're not able to make it. That kind of sucks. We were looking forward, but he did say that uh, they can probably take care of you up in Idaho if you uh, get some stuff lined out up that way. So let's do it, man. Uh, I am. Uh, I spend a lot of time working on public speaking and doing presentations, and I I'm a firearm instructor, so I, I do a number of the NRA classes and the Utah class, and. Um, I know that the Utah uh, the Utah permit's not necessarily helpful in in some states, but um, you know I'm I'm pretty good at presenting and talking in front of people. Uh, somebody's got a, a pro gun rally that they have. There's something at the state level. I'd love to make it for something like that too. Right. And um, as far as NRA, we'll be driving down for that. So you, you're more than welcome to nice borrow All right. if you need to. I mean, I. Very I'm cool. pretty. I'm pretty comfortable in saying that we'll pretty much be on the show floor all day anyway. So if you need to borrow that for a couple of uh, things, couple shows, I, that, I that don't know. I don't know why that would be a, a huge problem. Well, so. thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. I really do. And um, people that have that have let me borrow their cars, I um, you know I always put a shout out to them in the show and, and throw them in the uh, throw them in the credits as well. Um, I did uh, when I, at GRP, uh, no, at Amcon back in in uh, Dallas. Um, Cheryl Todd let me use her car, which was which was pretty cool. I just I make sure it's gassed up, of course, but um, you know she's she's pretty awesome like that. Yeah, and that's a big thing. Uh, whew, we talked about that when we started the show. 
might be uh, might be <laughs> might cheaper you, just to might be easier just to give them cash. <laughs> just, just steal a car or something <laughs> and uh, take the right. risk. Oh my um, gosh, we're out there in the park and siphoning gas. Have you ever given any thought to that as like an intro? That could be kind of funny to slim Jim into a vehicle. <laughs> I mean, it's your vehicle, obviously. You've rented it or somebody's borrowed it, but right. actually, the intro into it is actually you dressed up and uh, right and, and with a stocking cap or a ski mask on. Yeah, it's slim Jim <laughs> into a vehicle taking off. That could be kind of neat. That is hysterical. You know what? I did, um, uh, Uh-oh, I think he froze, folks. For a second, I was going to say that Charlie is uh, speechless, but it looks like he froze up. So we'll uh, we'll vamp for a few minutes and see if he uh, if he frees up and gets back in. It uh, it happens. We've got uh, Ting Ting out there was bringing up earlier that uh, uh, Ting Ting says has a guy uh, some Pro Two A. Who may be willing to help in the Seattle area again uh, with a place to sleep and a vehicle. So uh, definitely some things going on. Uh, Mr. Roboto out there, a little bit off subject, and I'm not real sure what's going on with this, but it says Save the Second doesn't look active for this NRA election so far. Uh, maybe Carter and uh, Pincus are, ooh, I don't even know what word that is, but uh, yeah, I don't know with uh, the whole thing on the NRA, what's uh, what's happening over there, to be honest. I quit paying attention to that quite some time ago. Hopefully, we get Charlie back. If not, this, uh, this may be, much like my episode with him, this may be one of the shortest podcasts ever happened. something here but my camera is not working out quite right but uh looks like we've got charlie back so i think we're back to normal i don't know if i glitched or we glitched or he glitched but we both had a uh glitch in the matrix is what uh ron out there said and apparently absolutely. so that absolutely sometimes. welcome to live tv the people in replay are going what in the world what happened i don't know if it was me on. or you we're getting some um, some snow well, here for god's sake so i don't well yeah we've got no we're not having any weather here and the thing is you froze up mm -hmm. and then you dropped and then i froze up and i don't know if it was just my video that froze or the video and the audio that froze but um there's only one way to find out and it's to go yeah. back in the replay Either way, uh, but that's okay. Moving on. I don't remember where you were at. Do you remember where you were at um, in your story? No. We were talking about going to uh, going to a gun show, flying out. Oh, uh, doing videos outside, getting video of me uh, slim jimming into the car. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, we yeah. So, the show with Anna Taylor, I pull into her house, and she's like, I, I have an idea. I'm like, okay, what is it? She's like, have you ever had video of anyone shooting in your car? I'm like, uh, no. So she's oh, like, oh. let's do something where I, you know, I shoot outside of the car. I'm like, sounds great. 
where are we going to do this? And she's like, in the backyard. I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, I got a range in the backyard. So we uh, drove the car back there. I put the put the cameras on in the car. I set up a tripod with a camera outside the car, and uh, I've got I've got us pulling in, stopping. I have her leaning out of the car, firing a couple rounds out of a uh, a teal AR, and then um, getting back in the car. And then we pulled back and had her. She has a, a staccato 2011 that she shot from inside the car too. So. Nice. So that was pretty cool. And then um, the other outside the car video that I did was um, a few years ago in Florida. I went down with Kevin Sona from uh, from Florida Carry, and they were having an event. And so Kevin Kevin's like, let's let's do some video where we you know set a camera out in the front of the car, and I want to drive you around, but let's let's make a video of us arguing in front of the car and I'll push you and push you down and I'll go over and hop in the driver's seat. So I'm like, all right, this sounds ridiculous, but okay, let's do it. And, um, I, I took a clip of the Benny Hill theme, the uh-huh. Benny Hill music. Right. I played that and uh, I got video of us arguing in front of the car and he pushes me down and runs to the other side, hops in the driver's seat. So that was, that was pretty funny, but yeah, that's Slim Jim in the cool. car. That's, that's a cool idea, man. This is why it's or, good to uh, talk to talk to you guys because you guys have these ideas. Sure. Uh, well, I mean, we're always best at telling other people how to do things, right? <laughs> this is true because you don't have to do it, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's no work for me. Like, I don't even uh, know where to get a Slim Jim. Um, you know, it, it wouldn't nowadays. It wouldn't even have to be. Um, I mean, you could leave the car unlocked, obviously. Right. Um, and so you could just take some thin piece of, just have a long thin piece of metal is all you need. Something that, right, and try to jimmy it open. You're not not like you're gonna have a close up of it or something, and just kind of put it down in there, work it a little bit, and then throw it away and open the door and jump in. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so you you could definitely make it work. Uh, I have a slim gym. I mean, I think everybody needs uh, needs a lockout kit, no more than they uh, no more than they cost. Right. I, so here's what I used to do. I used to keep, uh, I'd go to, I'd get a valet key made and I'd get a valet key made for two bucks at Walmart. And I would get one of those little key magnets and if, I would keep it in the wheel well. And I don't know how many people well, did that, but I had a, I had the spare key in the car. I had the, uh, the, the valet key outside the car. So that, that key wouldn't, uh, wouldn't start the car. And right. then I, if, so if I lost my keys, I would have that key and then I could get in the car and I had a, I had the extra key inside the car, but uh, uh, with, yeah. yeah. And I've had, I had a couple, I was at a meeting one time and I left my keys inside of the building and somebody said, uh, you know, I, I left the building. It was the first time I had to wear a jacket in the fall. So I ended up leaving the building and I'm like, crap, I forgot my keys. I forgot my jacket. And I went in to get my jacket and get the keys, which obviously where the, the keys were in the jacket. And uh, somebody's like, oh my gosh, we locked the door. What are you going to do? I'm like, well, you know, I'll, I'll get in the car and I'm going to go meet so-and-so and have a drink and then go home. And they're like, how are you going to get in the car? I'm like, well, I got an extra way. And they're like, how are you going to get to your house? I'm like, well, I got an extra way. So it was just like a regular night. You know, it's just a little, little bit of a hiccup the next day when I had to go to the right. bank to, um, to get my keys, but yeah, not a big right. deal. I, um, I don't know how long I've had the lockout kit I had, but I was, I had a buddy of mine, he's got a, he's got a shop and the, uh, snap on truck was there. And so, I mean, ex mechanic, I mean, I'm all about going on the snap on truck and looking around and there he had this lockout kit. And I was like, Hmm, that's pretty cool. It was the kind that has the wedges and the airbags and stuff. 
And yeah. so it's not the traditional like you run in by the window. You use this in like the door jam area or whatever, right? You slide oh, the airbag right. in there and inflate it, and then you can get the wedges in and the rods down and pull the handle or push the button or whatever. And I'm like, that's cool because that'll work on like pretty much any vehicle. Because yeah. um, what you what you run into with newer vehicles is the inside of the door has a cover over the locking mechanisms and stuff. A mm-hmm. lot of them where Slim Jim won't work. And it was a little pricey because it was, again, off of a snap-on truck. But I will tell you this. <laughs> how, um, many payment, how many payments did you have it in? <laughs> so, no, well, I just, I don't, I didn't have an account with them anymore. It's been years okay. since I'm a mechanic. So I just paid for it right there. But, um, but I'll tell you what, I can't tell you the number of times that I've went, you know, been in town or whatever and see somebody with a coat hanger or it's obvious somebody's trying to get into the car, right? And you pull mm-hmm. up and it's like, yeah, I locked my keys in the car. I'm like, you want me to open it for you? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so, you know, you jump out and you open it for them and, you know, what I owe you? And you're like, ah, and they're like, here, you know, and they give you 10 bucks or they give you 20 bucks or they give you, right? right? And so... Since owning that, you know, I thought, wow, it was a little bit extensive buying that, but it's paid for itself and then some at this point. In <laughs> that's awesome. People that tip you to, you know, a lot, and I don't unlock, I don't do it for the money, you know, but right. you know, and some people, and some people's never paid me, you know, so, but you know, almost everybody will give you something. And yeah, you know, hey, look, uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's worth the hassle if you have to call AAA and have someone come out and call the police and wait for them. I mean, if someone's right there and they can pop your door open, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing you run into is, you know, potentially damaging something or whatever. And then give a waiver, yeah, especially, especially nowadays. Yeah. Especially nowadays. Right. Uh, that could be a problem. You know, another one I thought about too, is put your guest in the car, driving the car. And then you go down the road and hitchhike. That's awesome. That That's awesome. One. That could be. That's a you cool could have. You I'm, could have all kinds of. You could have all kinds of fun with it. I'm writing these down. I love it. Um, I love it, man. Uh, you guys, you guys are so creative. I sit here. Uh, I sit here. I hear you guys rattle off these ideas like it's nothing. I'm like, God, man. I need to be doing all that stuff. That sounds cool. Yeah, you need about three or four or five more things uh, to do, though. You yeah, know, I know, like right? You, like you don't have enough. <laughs> Oh my gosh, dude! I um, like I was saying before the show, legit. I got a notification that there, that you had a video coming out on YouTube. I'm like, oh, that's right, that's cool. <laughs> Whoa, wait a second, the video's me. I got to go that's, home. That's, that's me. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so how is the um, how's the candy gram thing going? Oh, the gun grams. Yeah the uh, the the gun grams are going. They're going okay. I I have been. Um, you know, like you rattling off these these great creative ideas, um, the gun grams have been kind of slow. Uh, I haven't really put any out. Um, I've had a couple people ask about doing some, and I, I've replied to them and um, see if they want to order one, which which is which is cool. But the um, there was a guy in France probably two or three months ago that used a gun gram in one of his videos, and his name was Joika, and I, I have no idea what he is, and I don't know. He looks like a guy that makes these. I don't know, half hour long videos with, I don't even know what it is. It's all in French, uh, in French. And uh, he ended up using a Gungram video in something. And I had all these people commenting on, on, on the Gungram YouTube channel. And they say, who's, who's here from Joika? Joika sent me here. And I'm like, I have no idea who Joika is. So I Googled Joika, found out who he was. And then I started getting people from France asking me if I would do some Gungrams for them. 
I'm like, yeah, sure. Here's how much it costs in U.S. dollars, and uh, and then I didn't hear from them. So, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Well, I guess like everything, I mean, there's there's an ebb and a flow to it. So. Oh my maybe. gosh, I had, I had, uh, I had a video on. Oh my gosh, I, I I can I can never remember his name. Uh, he's another guy that's just a he's like a gamer, a YouTube gamer. Um, Markiplier. Markiplier is his name. Um, I don't know who he is, but he, he does these videos and they're where he tries to, um, where he watches these videos that are supposed to be funny and he tries to laugh. It's, it's one of these try not to laugh videos. Right. And so, uh, so somebody, he used one of mine, uh, one of the gun grand videos, and then somebody messaged me and they're like, Hey, you know, I saw you on with Markiplier. Uh, would you do a video of this? Uh, would you do a video of me of the, you know, for me of this song? And I said, sure, it's it's going to cost you this much money. And then I got this hate mail back and they're like, you're charging for people money or for money. It's not even your song and you're screwing people and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, <laughs> the place that you saw this not only used my video and didn't pay me, but they didn't even tell me that they were going to be that using it. To the first place. So, yeah. I hate that. Right. Hate uh, that. So I'm like, please. Yeah. 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 Um, Rod out there with these just gun care has got a good idea. He says interview someone in the back seat of a police car. So that um, that that would be cool. I could make I could make that happen in this area. I'm trying to think other than myself who in this area might get, you know, in who, a vehicle. Right, who who's right, who's <laughs> but I, yeah. I would have access now. I'm trying to think I know we've got I know we've got Sarge with C4 Defense out there uh there's quite a few uh, folks that are in law enforcement so i it, i don't think that would be a terribly difficult thing to pull would, off i don't think it would either i mean plenty of plenty of police officers like to uh our gun guys and uh that, that would be pretty funny man yeah <laughs> i'm writing that one down too <laughs> the back of a police car I i've um I'm knock on wood here um i've never been um never been pulled over doing a show which is good. And, um, I've never, never been in an accident, which is good. But I, I did, um, uh, when I filmed Danny and Cheryl Todd in Phoenix a few years ago, you know, they're, they're in good with, with all the people, you know, they got a, some successful businesses out there. So right. Danny told me, he's like, dude, I totally forgot that we were going to do this. And, um, if I knew we were, I would have had some friends of ours who were police officers pull us over. <laughs> oh, that would have been epic. <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> That's another one to do. Yeah. Not yeah. the back seat, but just the orchestrate being pulled over. Yeah. That, that would be, be pretty, that could be pretty neat. Be pretty fun. Yeah. You could go, you could go, don't you know who I am? Like go in a big <laughs> argument thing with them. Do you know right. who I am? <laughs> Do you know who I am? Oh, we're sorry. We're sorry, Mr. Cook. You know, no, that'd that, be that, great. That would be awesome. That I do be. have, uh, I have a, or have them or have them actually pull out the guests and cup them and stuff. And you know what I mean? <laughs> like right. put it toward the end of the video. Right. Right. They pull you over and they go, you know, they're like, get out of the car you know, or whatever. Oh and then God. you know, B-roll footage, they're cuffing the guest and putting them in the back seat of the police car. That could be, yeah. that could be an interesting one too. That would yeah. be great. I so had, have you um, thought about, have you thought about doing, I know you mainly are doing the train thing. I mean, the car thing. Have you thought about doing anything with a train? No, I never thought getting on a train. Trains are dangerous, man. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, no, like riding cross country on a train. That's forever. Well, no, I'm not talking about riding cross country on a train, but do it from a train. 
Like there is, here is what once was the Texas State Railroad, which is mm. about 20, it's like a historical railroad, basically. Uh, it's privately yeah. owned at this at this juncture, and they do a lot of themed trains. But they have old a uh, lot of movies are shot on that on that on this rail. Uh, a lot of westerns, obviously. Um, yeah. But it's about a twenty-five or a thirty-mile deal, uh, you know, run. Yeah. Um, so it's I don't know. It's something that it's I'm I'm you know be, what I'm be doable. But again, honest, you're getting back into you know I don't I don't know very many people from this area that you could that you could interview to make that happen but there may be trains in other locations and that could be right. something from an actual stagecoach would be cool that would be really cool i actually i i thought about this i'm like how cool would it be to do like a southwestern tour um get a bunch of uh, a bunch of people ready to you know to be on the show and and whatever talk to talk at some gun shows get some supporters out there and uh and and go down to tombstone and interview some uh interview somebody down on tombstone and drive around there i i think that'd be great yeah that'd be really cool yeah tombstone's pretty tombstone's pretty awesome pretty awesome place yeah i i've never been but i would love to uh love to get all that I, I didn't when I first started the show. I didn't think about uh, a dash camera. Like I, I just had two cameras on me and my passenger, mm -hmm. and then I decided to add a third camera. So there's one on me and one on them and one on both of us. Mm -hmm. And it was I don't know probably a year and a half into it. I'm like, hey, I should get a camera to put on the dash, right? To get the dash cam to see where we're driving because I ended up, mm -hmm. uh, man, I I don't know who it was. I drove somebody someplace and I'm like, this is really like we're driving through New York city or something. I'm like, this would be right. really cool to get on video. Why don't I have a dash cam? Right. So it I definitely add, yeah. definitely add to the feel. Yeah, it does. And, um, I just put out a show with, uh, this woman, Carrie Ann O'Claire. She's the DC project gal in Massachusetts. And we were, we were, had the dash cam on and we were, we were going nowhere in Massachusetts, like out in, you know, all, all nights, a little more than suburbia or maybe a little less than suburbia. And right. um, we just made a U-turn someplace and she's like, oh, there's a, there's an antique store. I'm going to have to remember it. So I ended up, um, I ended up putting the, putting the video of the, the, uh, the antique store in there. Like just as we're making the U-turn, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, uh, oh my gosh. Uh, the show I put out, the Carrie Ann O'Claire was a couple weeks ago. The show I put out yesterday was Frank Tate from the NRA. And I filmed him in Philadelphia a couple weeks ago. Um, so I got some video of us going, um, going in the, the Market Street area and going around the city hall, uh, uh, Philadelphia City Hall. And on top of the city hall, there's a, a statue of William Penn. And he's got his arm, uh, he's got his hand arm down, but his hands like this, you know, mm -hmm. kind of, it's well like this, I guess. And um, he said, it look, it's supposed to be William Penn looking into the future. But if you, if you move yourself and look at it from a different angle, it looks like he's peeing on the city of Philadelphia. So, <laughs> so I, got, <laughs> I got a couple of pictures of that and I put those in the video. I'm like, that, right. that's kind of funny, you know? That's neat. Um, Mr. Roboto out there, uh, this is when you flaked. Uh, he was mentioning the NRA elections, but he hmm. says uh, he's been thinking about who to vote for. Uh, thanks for hosting. Uh, thanks to Charlie for coming on. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, Mr. Rovato, um, hit me up through email or something, and I can put you in touch with uh, with Pincus or somebody that uh, can give you a little more insight if you're curious on uh, where you're, you know, where you're, where you think your votes need to be cast. Yeah, for sure. 
Right. So what what I did this year is um, I, you know, I had Frank Tate on the show and he said uh, he, he's a guy that wants to reform the NRA. He's been on a number of boards and he's got uh, he's got things that he likes to do. You know, he, he says the board should be strategical and not tactical. And right now they're tactical and not strategic. So um, so he's I, I ended up bullet voting for Frank Tate. And uh, I also voted for Anthony Calandro, who's a good friend. And um, and he's been on my show a couple of times and he's been great to me every time I've gone down to uh, down to New Jersey. Uh, and those are the only two guys I voted for. I didn't vote for anyone else because I wanted those votes to count. Right. So yeah. if, if you who you're thinking, if that's if you're thinking, whatever, if you're thinking that way or you want to check out those two guys, I, I think those guys are great. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, uh, keep it simple, I think, is the way you want to do with the with the voting with the NRA. Yeah. 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 I've, I've been doing that the last couple of years and saying, all right, I'm not going to, it says we can vote for 25 of whatever, 32 people or something. I'm like, yeah, I, I'm going to stay with the people I've met and people I've talked to. Right. Yeah. And I think that, uh, I think over time, I mean, you can clean it up. I mean, remember though, keep in, in mind that the board is just one, the board is just like one piece of that big, huge, gigantic, crazy, diluted puzzle. Yeah. So what, one of the things he wants to do is he wants to make, make the board smaller because he said they're not acting as a board. They're acting more yeah. like a legislature. Yeah. Yeah. I think you, I think that's, I think that's the game. I mean, the board needs to have more power than they currently have. That power needs to be restored. Uh, right. That was stripped some time ago. And, um, you know, I think that, I think it becomes a little bit smaller and not that you can't have other people. Because uh, you can have breakout committees and then the board itself could vote for the breakout committees or you could have even the membership. You could develop a system where the membership votes for maybe the chair people or whatever on those breakout committees. Um, you know, you've got competition, you've got charitable arms, you've got all these different um, these different committees and these different things going on. So there's definitely a way that things could be restructured. Um, yeah. I think we what we got to remember, and most people lose sight of this because they, whether we're talking about the NRA, whether we're talking about CNN, whether we're talking about YouTube, whether we're talking about the federal government, um, you know, everybody likes to oversimplify what's going on. And, you know, you can't really, you can't really do that. I mean, it's, it's it's all a very complex thing with a lot of moving parts. And so, yeah, uh, it would be nice if it was simple. And even if they pare down the board, it's still going to be a complicated thing with all kinds of moving parts. It's the problem. Mm. Yeah, it, it absolutely so. is, you know, and it, it'd be nice to get, to get someone who wants to, to make some changes and get some stuff done. So. Well, we've eventually the got, and that leads me into as we, you know, we coming up at, at the top of the hour and I don't want to go too much longer than the hour, but um, you know, that brings me into something that, you know, I'm certainly getting older, so I don't throw myself into the, the younger crowd genre, but, you know, we've got an issue in our community with the old guard, what I call the old guard. And whether you're talking about the NRA or you're talking about establishments, um, two a activists, um, the old guard doesn't recognize the and we we i think you and i are in the kind of an age bracket where we kind of sit in the middle we're not oh, old totally. guard 
We're not old yeah. guard. We're not the young crew. And so we see that the old guard needs to start relinquishing control and power. They need to be there in an advisory capacity, right? Mm-hmm. But it's time that they started loosening up because they're out of touch. <laughs> they're out of touch with society. It's the same. Yeah. It's the same arguments we have with. I don't call them our leaders, but the politicians. It's the same argument we have with them. Well, they're out of touch. Yeah. The old guard in our community is the same way. Those guys are they They really are out of touch. And so, um, mm. I don't know how that works, but I think that I think that eventually that's going to happen. I think eventually they're going to see the light and they're going to start, whether that's relinquishing control down to folks our age, which are then more willing to, um, yeah, to, to, de- to delegate down to the newer crowd, maybe, uh, or whatever. But, um, you know, for so long, and I get it with some of them. I mean, you talk about, um, uh, some of these folks, I mean, Alan Gottlieb, you know, with the, the stuff he's done, absolute rock star, LaPierre is the complete 180 opposite of an Alan Gottlieb, in my opinion. Um, mm. But both of those are powerful, influential figures in the Second Amendment, right? Oh, yeah. In the Absolutely. community. Love them or hate them or whatever. I'm just talking about the, the, the perception that people have of those individuals. And don't think for a second those individuals don't know that. <laughs> oh, so, sure. Oh, my gosh. You know, at a certain point, you know, I get why those people don't want to relinquish that that control and that power over. I, I get it. Um, mm. And it's a matter of making of making them comfortable that, look, it's in good hands. Right. Yeah. You know, I think I think the NRA is important. Um, I know there's plenty of people that want to get rid of it and make all the changes and stuff. And, and you know what? I leave that to, to someone that's more knowledgeable and 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 has more wisdom about that than I do. But I do think that the NRA needs to be around uh, for a couple reasons. One of them is um, they are they are the biggest pro gun group that we have. When the anti-gun folks come out and they want to go after somebody, they want to go after the NRA. So the NRA is kind of, um, I don't want to say they're, 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 they're covering or they're taking fire for stuff, but they kind of are because uh, SAF and, and uh, GOA and FPC can get things done while the, everyone's like, wow, well, the NRA this, and the NRA that, and blah, 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 blah. Yep. Okay, cool. Yep. Let the NRA take some heat while, while the SAF gets, gets in and, and you know, win some court cases. Yep. Um, so I do think they need to be around for that um, because I don't want, uh, I don't want, I, oh God, I don't want the SAF to have to, to take all the heat that the NRA takes yep. and it's nothing against the SAF. Well, it's, 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 they do, they do two different things is how I see it. Well, and they don't have, let's be honest. They don't have the ties to uh, politicians the decades yep. and decades long relationships. Uh, they certainly don't have the money. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have the sheer amount of infrastructure. Uh, obviously, the influence, the name recognition, it goes on and on and on and on and on, right? Um, the NRA is in a position and has put themselves in a position to where they can be a meat shield in some ways, right? They can. Yeah take those hits and take that fire um you know one of the things that 
that I don't think is, is stressed enough in modern times is, is that we've, we've really shifted from the NRA being safety, education, training, ranges, outreach, to the NRA is the saviors of 2A, or they're the detriment to 2A. And it's like, I would love to get back to a time to where, as far as the NRA, they're not even political at all. Mm. They're, they're just, they, they focus on what they've done for the last 100 plus, 150, I don't even know years. What, what was it? 1870 or 80 or I don't even know. Uh, 1871, I think. Something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, about Um, 140, 150 years. Yeah. So, you know, for the vast majority of their existence, what did they do? Safety, training, competition, outreach, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that sort of thing, right? Ranges. Um, I would like to see them shift focus more over to that. Uh, rather than playing a lot of the political games they play, quite honestly. Oh, um, sure. And and I, they would still they would still take the fire because they're that because big, the biggest one. They're, they're that big three letter organization, right? And let's be yeah. honest, the anti gunners don't they don't understand what the NRA does anyway. They think the NRA lobbies <laughs> for the blood of children or something. I, I don't even know right. a lot of times what they what they think. Um, but we know they're not educated on things like that, so they don't know anyway. Um, so I think they would still take the fire, but then let the other ones handle the, the legis uh, the legislative efforts, the, the things with yeah, legislation, the, legal the court battles, the, all of these other things, let the smaller two a fish deal with that. The NRA use their power as the NRA to influence society on a grassroots level making people familiar and comfortable with firearms, which is what they've done traditionally for 150 years. Get back to those roots. Because if we can change the societal perception of firearms, we change by proxy. We change eventually. It's not going to happen overnight. We change legislation, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Imagine if 99.9% of the voting populace respected firearms, understood what firearms were, you know, understood how arbitrary a lot of the regulations are, right? Mm-hmm. Well, our government is made up of the people. So therefore, if the people understand this, then the people eventually are the ones that are writing the legislation and passing the legislation, or in this case, repealing the legislation, right? Mm. And yeah. they're going to get into office and they're going to go, you know, these are stupid. And And if we've got a majority of people that understand firearms, I think it bodes well for us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not only curbing the the stigmas and the stereotypes, but future legislative efforts as well. So that would be good. Yeah, I'm going to give you a second, Charlie, to uh, to close it out. So if people want to, again, whether you're live or replay, whether you're audio or video, down below there's a link to uh, riding shotgun with Charlie. So. Go over there if you haven't already. If you don't, keep up and uh, and check it out. But I want to give you a second. If people want to follow you, check out what you're doing. Um, maybe people want to fund the stagecoach. Uh, how, awesome. uh, how do they find all of the info for that? All right. So uh, everything is, is Riding Shotgun with Charlie. Uh, you, you can reach me at ridingshotgunwithcharlie.com. The YouTube channel is, uh, if you look on YouTube for Riding Shotgun with Charlie or Gunstreamer or on Full30 or on the Ops Lens app, 
you can listen to the show in podcast form on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, on iHeartRadio, and and I know there's plenty of places that lift podcasts and put them out there. And uh, if you want to you want to see the other stuff, the Gungrams, it's G U N G R A M. Those are on YouTube. I got about 280 videos of me playing the trumpet and shooting a gun. Uh, and shooting the gun in rhythm to the song. So um, that is how people can do this. If uh, um, I, I've got some stickers and some some patches, they can find those on uh, Riding Shotgun with Charlie on the store. And I've got some shirts as well, so people can link and, and purchase some of those. And the, all, all, everything I'm doing is is trying to get the stagecoach across America. So thanks for having me on. This right. is always it's always great to hear from you. I was I was honored to hear from you and ask if I wanted to be on. So I greatly appreciate this. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you uh, taking the time and, and jumping in, and hopefully we get to see you uh, in about, what, about a month or six weeks or whatever, however long, I don't even know. It's, that uh, would be really March, cool. Actually. Yeah, so maybe, 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 maybe. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, thanks again, Charlie, for coming out. Appreciate it. Um, iron Five Minutes, if you're out there and you've hung around for an Iron Five Minutes live, uh, you are a trooper. I see Pincus jumped in there at the last second to say, uh, yeah. Nice. So, uh, there you go. And, Mr. uh, Pincus. who was it up there that, uh, was talking? Mr. Roboto was, uh, Oh yeah. He wanted to know that, who to so. vote for, for the yeah, NRA, so. uh, BOD. <laughs> yeah. So scroll up in the chat, Rob, if you have a chance and, uh, and check that one out. But, um, yeah, remember this is the last one until I think the last week of this month. It's got some events we've got to attend and some uh, and some other things. Yeah, uh, Iron Six Minutes. If you have been with us in replay for this long, you're an absolute trooper. But uh, we're going to shut this one down. So until next time, don't forget, if I can find my thing here, to uh, chain fire freedom. Bye.